Shimmer. Oh my lord, she's a cactus. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Whovian Review. I am Michael. I'm Shelby. My first name is Colin. I'm Jace. I'm Carl. And tonight, we're going to start with the end of time, part one. You're so extra. Ooh, (laughs) just like this episode, for real, though. Oh, my goodness. This episode was insane. It, it was, I don't, you know what? I'll let y'all talk first. No, you should talk first. Go for it. I just got so triggered, Loki, so... There is just so much. Like, I've never seen an episode of Doctor Who that just had all of that flashy CGI stuff, like, just thrown in there. It was... First, how... Like I said, I think y'all should talk first. Keep going. Okay. Yeah. I mean, well, of course. I- I'm interested. Like, which CGI? Like, or what, what like, effects? Because, like, he initially gets, like, what, blown up, and then... <coughs> Oh, and, yeah. And then he has, like, this, like, skeletonness, and he's basically radioactive, like a radioactive Time Lord. He has lightning powers, and he has flight powers. It's I mean, Spider-Man like, all there? over again. Yeah, it was just really weird. The way he was, like, hopping, or, like, and it was it was just weird. I know. Like, can every Time Lord burn their own life energy and become uh, flying skull people with electroshock abilities? Imagine in that episode of Doctor Who where they had that, like, superpower thing. I think that's, what, Capaldi, I think. And they had that as, like, the villain. It would have been hilarious. Because it reminds me of that lizard dude from Spider-Man. But, yeah. I I mean, with future knowledge of the Doctor's capabilities, you know, and capacity, you'd think that means that, you know, if we are carrying this over to all Time Lords, if they want to burn their own energy to do this then the Doctor can really be a, a superhero on a lot of different levels. I, 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 past all the mental capacity, which honestly is what gives the show its meaning. But I, I think it actually has more to do with the fact that, that Lucy screwed up the rejuvenation thing. Well, so like the Master came back in a not normal Time Lord way and also she put that like death potion on him so maybe like and that seemed to screw him up to some extent so yeah well the doctor also specifically says the master you're literally splitting at the seams you're that's where all this energy is coming from is that he's basically breaking apart I just thought it was really cringy how they handled that idea and also the whole like food thing like I don't know, as a, as a vegan, when I heard him, like, describing, like, just eating all of that fleshy food, I was just really grossed out, but also just like, oh, yeah, people actually, like, consume these things and think about it in this manner. It's true. I have to admit, during that, I was hungry. I was appalled. I was kind of appalled, too. It was kind of uh, disturbingly gross. I mean, I like meat. I love meat. I eat meat every day, pretty much, and, like... I thought it was gross. Like, yeah. I, I think that it was intentionally 
a gross way of describing it, and it was, you know, another way of showing that his insanity has, you know, escalated further and probably it been exacerbated by this. He was over here eating an entire, like, chicken and just, like, swallowing a burger and just constantly wanting, like, fleshiness in his mouth. Like, it also helped that the actor <coughs> was, like, spitting as he was talking. Like, it, he was, like, really going maniac there. Yeah, he did come across as crazy. <laughs> Where there's like, you, you thought I was crazy? No, it's all real. <laughs> I just thought he was probably the most, like, this is probably, because I've seen other Master, like, episodes, but this was definitely probably the most cringiest I've ever seen the Master. Like, this was, like, your stereotypical crazy lunatic villain, and it was almost, like, it was, like, childish and kind of, like, okay, cringy is the great, best way to describe it. It's just very cringy. Although, honestly, I feel like I've, I've had more cringy Master encounters. Like, I don't know. My biggest master that I know the best is Missy, and I think everything she did was absolutely excellent. Whereas, yeah. by comparison, this master is like, you know, just basically like a comic book character. I think that's the idea, though, but I think he also plays it quite well. John Sim is the actor, and I, I mean, each incarnation of the master, similarly to the doctor, is going to be different and has different ways of dealing with things. We go back to Roger Delgado, you've got this very suave, sophisticated master that actually is probably like better behaved than, than the doctor. Than you see, the that's doctor. what I liked about the master. This master was just like edgily psycho, like a joker kind but of But also ordeal. kind of a sissy. Well, he, he did have some, some good moments, like when the doctor, you know, was like, let me help you, and he just like looked at him like, come on, man. Like, don't even. <laughs> also, that scene where the doctor and the master were, like, in that, like, junkyard and, like, he actually made him listen to, like, what he was listening to. Like, that was a great bonding moment between the two. Where and was, that's why I shipped them. Oh, my God. Well, that makes a lot more sense when you run into, like, Missy and, you know, their first encounter is literally her just making out with the doctor. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was a really cool moment. Other than that, he's just been really... Mm. I'd like to point out that the Master actually succeeds in doing his evil plan in this particular episode, which is very rare in almost all of Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. It is, and, and what an epic, like, you know, setup for the ending, too, because, you know, uh, one Master is always, you know, a big force to be trifled with. Now you have a whole species of him. <laughs> him specifically. In, not, including him now being the president of the United States. Are we just not yes, going to talk about the, the fact minister, that it's not just you know? him that's the problem as another Time Lord, but apparently now all of the other Time Lords? Yes. I did not expect that. Like, I know a lot about the David Tennant era. I, I never knew the Time Lords actually came back, so that was, like, a genuine surprise to me. I didn't well know. Well done keeping that secret. <laughs> I haven't said a word about this ending. I mean, there, there are billions of Time Lords that just came back in this episode. Yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> no Where did rhyme, they come from? Though? No reason, no explanation. Humanity. Well, I think that's probably why we have to watch part two in order to get the explanation. I guess, you know, this is this is a part one episode. I mean, there's there's a lot of great things going on, but there's there's always a distinction between a part one and a part two. Yeah. Oh, okay, but we can't we can't ignore the like truly golden thing about this episode, which was Wilfred Mott. Oh, and oh, little yes. hits of Donna. Especially when, it, towards the end, she was remembering yeah. everything, too. My yeah. Gosh. I mean, not our first introduction to Wilfred, but this is the birth of him as an S-tier companion mm -hmm. of Doctor Who. He I didn't even know prior to... Yeah, I was about to say, prior to this, I didn't know he's never been inside of the TARDIS. Like, yeah, it insane. seemed wrong, right? He never, yeah. He never needed to be, because he's just... 
that much of a G. He deserves it. I mean, of like, course he does. And you know, like just right when the episode starts, he's still you know sneaking around, you know, behind his daughter's back, doing you know his own thing and uh, tracking down the doctor, which like no one can do. Well, everyone has tried. Yeah. No one has succeeded. That's why that scene in the cafe when the doctor was sitting there like, why you? I kind of felt insulted for Wilfred. I was just like, well, because I'm me. Yeah. <laughs> Wilfred organized a whole community. Yeah. <laughs> Network was with, with the- very enthused about it with very, very little information about the situation. They just trusted and loved Wilfred, which honestly plays off so well because who can't trust and love Wilfred? It's true. He's though great. that one, one old woman, old lady did seem to like the doctor more. <laughs> she, did, she did like kind of grope him there, kind <laughs> of or uh, yeah, I think definitely that was a groping. You don't um, see that often. Only old yeah. people can get away with that kind of stuff, though. Yeah, and then yeah. can call you a good boy and go back to their you know bus casually. <laughs> well, if only she knew that he was actually far older than she was. <laughs> That's true. I don't think she would have minded. No, I don't think she would have. Yeah, I mean, he looks young, but old. I mean... She'd probably lie to her friends about his age. (laughs) No, could be. Well, we also have the doctor uh, worrying about, you know, the fact that he's going to die soon and having, like, a real emotional conversation with Wilfred about it. Well, kind of. Wilfred kind of ruined it when he was like, I'm going to die too. (laughs) Yeah, and then the doctor's like, but you don't understand. (laughs) I was like, I don't understand. I'm not going to live to be thousands of years old. (laughs) Doctor. The doctor feels like he's like really missing Well, then Wolf's like, uh, well, I'll try not to die then. (laughs) That was really cute. That was was a very well done uh, conversation. And, of course, David Tennant and... Bernard Crimmins, who plays Wilfred, he, they those two just work off each other perfectly in this episode. For I'm a, sure. I'm a little confused though. Like in the last episode, the doctor was like, "Is this it? I'm gonna. Is, am I gonna die?" And then there was the ood, and then this episode started out with the ood. I mean, the ood really was like basically like no. So why is he still kind of freaking out about dying all of a sudden? Well, because of the prophecy that one chick that told him, like, he will knock four times and you will die, basically. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, why is that an issue now? Because now we have the, we, he's heard the master, and the master has that kind of. He's always, like, the drumming thing. He's the drumming. Okay, so, basically, the doctor has been told, like, many episodes ago, seasons ago, that he was going to die after hearing these four knocks, and then... The master comes back, and he's like, oh, I'm probably going to... Like, you can pretty much die at any extreme situation. Yeah, well, the master's like, hey, here are these four knocks. And I don't know why he's taking it, you know, so... I don't, heart, know, I don't even know why it's, like... The master's already, like, knocked four times on, like, that one barrel... And, like multiple times, and yet the doctor didn't die. So like, well, well, I, I don't think it's like any time somebody you, you know like knocks for t- yeah. It, it, but it's just like you know, as somebody mind, who right? is who's antagonistic towards him and has a you know large tendency to knock four times repeatedly. Like I mean, it seems likely. Yeah, but also, it, it does. But in you know Carl's defense, you know, there's a whole Nostradamus effect here. Like I'm sure there's been a lot of other four tones. And other knocks. I mean, what I heard in the master's mind didn't even sound like knocks to me. It sounded like a, a, a rhythm and like maybe something hitting like on some metal and some clacks. It didn't sound like uh, 
That's what I would be looking for for a four knocks. Good good point. Yeah, because he he does call them drums constantly. Yeah. But here's the thing is that That's where I didn't he, feel like they were connected at all, so I was confused as to why the doctor was freaking out. Because the because the Ood actually told him, Your time is running out. You aren't going to live much longer. And now the because he's made it back to the Ood, which is basically his last straw or his last ditch effort to whatever he's going to do during this life he knows that the ood have caught up to him and because of their acceleration and because of everything that's going on it there's just that foreboding sense that the doctor feels oh so he just feels like the pressure of everything like apparently falling into place air quotes okay exactly yeah i mean i i mean that would make sense especially after being told you your time is short you're gonna be dying soon uh then you're gonna and that's why the doctor went off and married (laughs) and did all these other wild and crazy things because he was like might as well live the best life i can for the next few months and See what happens. I did. Li- I did really like how he turned the TARDIS lock sound to like a car. I thought that was so stupid. <laughs> I mean, I thought it, it was fitting. It's so cheesy. It made me smile. Through. They they accomplished it. I did smile. It was definitely cheesy. And, was, and I would like to point out that it is nice that we do actually get to see that whole little segment of the Doctor's uh, life, or at least a portion of it, later. In the 50th anniversary, we do get to see some of what he does during that time oh, yes. when he knows he's going to die and is, like, jumping around. Because here yep. he mentions marrying Elizabeth I, and we get to see that happen. Yeah. You know what else we got to see happen in this episode? Mm. A return of Donna Noble. Yes. From afar, not a, not with a you know firm connection, but we see her at the end of here with another cliffhanger. Her starting to remember everything that's going on, just with the Master's introduction to her, the master becoming, you know, not only her mother, but her fiancé as well. I mean, I imagine that's pretty impactful. She better get into some white chocolate real soon. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I'd be praying at the at the noble temple. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, I just accepted it. She's going to die. She saw the giant wasps in her head. I mean, that's all you needed to know. It, I mean, we'll find out in, in a week. We've left Michael speechless. Well, there's not much I can say about it. Great point. Without be sad. being spoilerific. So does that mean that we need to rate this episode? Yeah. Yes, we need to rate this episode. Already? Based on what we know thus far. The time has come. Well, I'll jump in. I'll, I'll go for this, you know, right out of the gate. Um, honestly, I love this episode. This was fantastic. Wilfred is my boy. I think he is a real G. And I think he is a, a, a soft man with a really sweet heart. And he's a great comic relief as well. I mean, every dimension, you know, that I want to see most in my characters, Wilfred succeeds at. Um, and here he becomes a companion. It's wonderful. I love him coming through with the Doctor. I love him coming through with his own set of companions on his own um, TARDIS of a bus. Uh, <laughs> on his own mission and quest across town. Um, but, you know, we have Donna here, too. We have the Master. This is an epic scale that we haven't seen before with a planet full of Masters. Can you imagine that force upon the universe? My goodness, the implications of that are stunning. This is a brilliant setup, um, all-around wonderful episode. I think there's so much that I could really dig into it. And I have, you know, a lot, uh, a few caveats. You know, I can always, you know... Tease things where 
you know, the doctor says, like, well, I can't go back and get him yesterday because I'd be in my own timeline. He's like, okay, go back a week ago. I mean, there's always, like, these little things that you feel like the TARDIS could do if you're thinking about it. I mean, he's rushing to get into the TARDIS to the next place, but he's traveling in time and space. So it's, it's uh, there are a few pitfalls here and there. But for me, grand episode, grand uh, first partner of a Christmas extravaganza this is getting a nine out of ten this is supposed to be a christmas episode like where well, it starts off the ears well for the ears it, it, oh, yeah, 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 it yeah, yeah. aired on christmas oh yeah 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 okay <laughs> it's so cute in the doctor says merry christmas wilford says merry christmas and some okay christmas i forgot and they I got forgot. Christmas, christmas carols and they got a christmas because you know like the doctor the stereotypical christmas episode christmas has chicken. snow and some kind of dramatic family there, moment or well there was stupid. snow okay maybe i wasn't caring enough <laughs> <laughs> um on that note i'll probably um go second. I was so ready with what I was going to say, but then I put my own self off track, so that's my fault. Um, put yourself on the spot to go second. I did. Does anyone else want to go for I'll, me? I'll go. Okay, Carl. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I really liked this, especially especially, especially putting the master in heels. That, that mm-hmm. was like my favorite part. But also Wilfred commenting on um, the cactus people. That 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 was hilarious. Wilfred honestly gives me gay vibes, Loki. But um, yeah, <laughs> you can't see what he's doing, but he's doing something with his hand that's like flirty or whatever. It's Dude. not flirty; it's gay. It's well, a, it's the, you the, can't. It's the limp-wristed gesture. Okay, that's what it is. You guys can't see it, but that's what he's doing. That's what the silence was all about. Yeah. So it's a positive gay vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? Um, I do like the cliffhanger, but that's it. Like, I kind of don't like the, um. Like, like, they put too much CGI in it, in my opinion. And it was kind of overdone, and and I, I especially didn't like him, like, jumping up. It's like, that was terrible. <laughs> I don't know. It, it was weird. Like, wh- wh- why you gotta just... I, I feel like they're just trying to show off, but then kind of failing at it. But, yeah, I, 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 I think I'm gonna rate it maybe a 6.5. Okay, my turn again. I got myself back on track. So, as far as this episode goes, I think that it could have been done a little bit more maturely, kind of like what Michael was saying in regards to how the old master, or one of the old versions of the master, kind of behave. Like, this one, basically, I think that the CGI was incredibly overdone. It felt like I was just watching, like, a kid just watching, like, Batman and Joker, that kind of idea, you know, instead of, like, a real live-action TV show. It was just kind of mixing the world of, like, cartoon and um, live-action. That's not something I really like about this episode. It's not something you see a lot in Doctor Who unless the episode's, like, a total flop. I just think it was overdrawn, overdramatic, very, very cheesy, and I really did not like it. It just felt like the master was kind of just basically kind of like the Joker personality, but kind of worse because I really like the Joker, you know, especially as like a cartoon. But enough about that. 
I thought bringing Wilford back was incredible. He finally gets the opportunity to travel with the doctor in the TARDIS. Like, he I... He does comment that it's dirty, though. Yeah, he's kind of, you know... <laughs> well, I mean, if you're in a spaceship... Well, I don't know. We've seen all kinds of spaceships. Like, those that are stereotypically obscenely clean and white and, like, metal, sure. and then those that are, like, just, you know, look like someone threw up in it, you know? Um, besides the point, he got his spot in the light. I absolutely love that. I like how we see a little hint of Donna just being, um, as aggressive as we know her. However, I am very concerned about her safety given the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. Um, I do like that one moment in the junkyard with the doctor and the master, but that was pretty much the only interaction between the two that I really liked because now the doctor understood that Erico, he wasn't crazy. Um, honestly... This episode really didn't stand out to me. I didn't really like it that much. I just feel like the whole master dilemma in all of this could have been handled a little bit better and a lot more adult <laughs> than childlike. However, I did like the spin of having the Time Lords at the end of it because that further pushes the idea of the Doctor's end because his own people are getting involved. And I always forget how, I guess, evil the Time Lords are. Because when you're looking at the Doctor, you're thinking, like, heroic guy who wants to help and save the day, and then you look at the Time Lords, and they're, like, the pompous people who think that they know everything. And that's something that even Rose pointed out. Like, Time Lords, like, you know? I probably will rate this a five. Okay. Um, I think that Wilfred Mott would have liked the first, and first Doctor's TARDIS a lot more. <laughs> mm. Talk about white. Agreed. Yeah. He always um, had Susan to take care of. Yeah, right. Um, but, yeah, I thought that there were some really enjoyable parts of this episode, and I thought that there were a lot of things that didn't quite make sense. Um, I do agree that it was that they could have gotten the point across with the Master without, you know, the extravagant CGI usage. I really liked the makeup of the Vinvachi aliens um, in this. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I thought that, you know, it was... I mean, it wasn't like they really made a statement. Well, I mean, it, 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 I don't really like it when Doctor Who, you know, gets all political. And, you know, it was like, what was that? Like, the whole thing with Obama, like, okay, but that didn't have to be in this episode. That didn't... Even at the time when it... Like, I don't know. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> um, I just, uh, you know, but I I did love the, the story of Wilfred Mott that got played out here. And it was sort of like he was a character that just always felt like, always left us wanting more. <laughs> and finally getting, you know, an episode very focused on him was great. I thought that the Doctor actually opening up about his own, you know, personal fears and stuff is a very rare moment and it that was a really neat scene and I really I did like the scene between the doctor and the master in the, in the junkyard when the doctor realizes that there actually is a sound it's not just his friends gone nuts <laughs> and except for you know the fact that obviously the master's nuts <laughs> but um yeah I I thought that, you know, the, the time we come back, the master, you know, becoming everyone, it definitely is some, you know, interesting setup for, like, how are they going to resolve the, these things? 
um, going on. But yeah, there was a lot of this that, yeah, fell flat. So I'm going to give this one a 6.5. Hmm. Although I did like actually really enjoy watching it. I also really enjoyed masturbating in the dog collar. I wouldn't watch it again. In the classic era, the master would always come back in these glorious fashions, but with no explanation as to how he managed to escape. And I think that actually is done better when there is no explanation, because then it leaves it open for the audience. In this case, we have a story where the master is shown as to how he comes back, and I don't think it's as effective as it should have been, or could have been. And the pro I think that's one of my main problems with this story, is that the master is suddenly resurrected in the most ridiculous fashion, um, and... And with all the energy tearing him apart, I kind of get that. And yeah, it's kind of cool. They wanted to utilize the fact that they were now in HD and show off some more special effects, which is fine. But there's other ways of handling that. And I don't think it needed to be quite as over the top as it was. Like what is Mars? Um, I think with regards... <coughs> um, to Obama being in this. At the time, I was thrilled that he was in it because I thought that was really cool that they were kind of bringing a real-world kind of event going on at the same time into the story. But they didn't over-politicize it like they've done in future seasons. I think they just kind of brought it in as, oh, this is going on in the world, but yet we're going to change things up so that this poor president is actually no longer the president, which I thought was effective. When, especially when I was first seeing this, it was very effective. I was like, oh, my God, Obama just got taken out. It's so weird to be reminded that, like, U.S. politics has such a huge place in the world and, like, the, a British show, you know. Yeah. Like, it, well, I mean, it, it was a big deal world. in Britain at the time. So they were – it was a talk all over the world. So I think, I think that wasn't so – that was not – I didn't have an issue with that. Um, this was definitely Wilf's shining moment. Um, this was basically his story, um, and and a little bit of the masters. I don't. Un I think the whole king or the 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 rich billionaire with his daughter storyline probably is the one thing that I that I thought was absolutely ridiculous I, and unnecessary. It was unnecessary. There could have very there, fair. There could have been another way of dealing with that. You could have brought I, in unit. You could have brought in all sorts of people that would have been trying to figure out this device and then have the master actually. Um, he had a torch for not in his background, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, there's so much to like, but there's also so many things that you can criticize about this, this episode. And, I mean, it does set things up very well for what's to come. Hopefully it resolves in a way that, that works out. But I, I want to, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to give this a 6 out of 10. Oh, man. Um, it is not something that I would rate as high. And, I mean, I do see where you're coming from, Colin. There are, there are, this was a Christmas special. So there, it was a feel, there was a lot of feel good moments. A lot of humor was added into it and a lot of, and a lot of decent, like, quotes, quotable moments. But I think that overall the plot for, for most of us Doctor Who fans, I think was just a little bit, Maybe too much. You know what? I can understand that perspective. 
And I understand that there are some things that were lacking there. And, and there are also, you know, missed opportunities as well. And, you know, there wasn't a really great intellectual and thinking component to it. And all of those things that are, are things that I harp on, you know, quite a lot. But shame on you people. Where are your hearts? <laughs> There's a lot of mystery. I, I, this was an excellent episode. And I, <laughs> I was glued to it the whole way through. And it doesn't always happen uh, with me with Doctor Who. But I love Wilfred. And I loved every interaction that I saw. I thought it was fun. Some things didn't make a lot of sense, but I liked seeing a window into the master, even, you know, how he got out of it. You know, I'd like to see some of that scheme, even if it's not always delivered well. But I think it's a magical Christmas episode, and for a Christmas story, I was appreciative. Carl? Carl, do you have a a, a Um, perspective? I do want to point out um, that I was talking about the father-daughter duo. Um, that is Michael, by the way. <laughs> I do want to point out that I did not like the way that he like was looking at his daughter. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like, creepy. Treating his daughter like yeah, that was kind sus. of gross. That's a great point to bring up. Yeah, that, that was, was kind of sus. sus. I didn't like that. Well, I think he the idea was that he's a billionaire trying to give his daughter the world, the universe, it and everything. Didn't it didn't look like that. And, and I, 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 like I think that. it was the fault of, of the actor. I don't think that that was like where the no, direction. No, 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 no. It went over like, my head a little bit. No, no, like, like, like. But it was creepy. He literally like, like brushed his hand underneath her chin and looked at her in a certain way, and I did not like it. Oh, I didn't weird. like it either. Yeah, but, but I mean, it could literally just have been the actors. It was just done. Yeah, I think the actors just liked it. it but was. it could also have been, I didn't notice it, you know. It could have also been the whole, oh, look at me, I'm evil. Let me make you hate me more by kind of seeing my daughter in like a really disgusting kind of sexualistic kind of way. Yeah. Honestly, they, I did think that they were like together before we me heard too. more about it. Or me just too. Me yeah. of their images. Well, they couldn't shimmer, so that's probably what the whole problem was. Mm. I mean, I think that I didn't really like anything about this episode except for Wilfred. That was, like, pretty much for me the only redeeming factor. What more can you ask for? the only thing that saved the episode for me, but it still gave it a five. Well, well the doctor yeah. was pretty uh, pretty good in this one. And the bond yeah. between him and the master. And I, I like the cheesy second. powers. I want to be able to jump, you know, 100 feet in the air and shoot lightning. <laughs> like Emperor Palpatine. I think this people. is a really rare episode for me in that, like, it makes you know i enjoyed like every moment watching it pretty much but i still like can't couldn't rate it higher that's why i had to go there because i I enjoyed it all so i I couldn't justify a lower score and it is a first episode and you have to go into it not knowing not thinking of you know what's to come and i think it was a really great setup you know it I was intrigued throughout and it made me want to get to that next episode now like give me that a binge Netflix style that we have known to love, you know, a decade later. Well, there's a lot. Here. There's a lot going on. So, there, and there does seem to be a decent amount of mystery in this episode. So it does kind of hold your attention for what's to come. There is one. The one thing I thought was, I don't know if I'll say it's a good thing or a bad thing, but one thing it felt more like I was watching a movie because unlike other two parters where they try to smash so much stuff into like. The first part or the second part is actually decently paced and spaced out. Well, it was longer, too. And it was epic scale enough to be a movie, too. You have the it Doctor's was. looming death, 
prophecies from the Ood. A lot of prophecies. running scenes as well. You also had that woman that we haven't even talked about that was pro- giving talking the prophecy. Talking to Wilfred. Yeah, give, talking to Wilfred and nobody else <laughs> oh, can see Oh, I meant to her. say that, yeah. She's well, the, he immediately she, grabbed his gun. I mean, so far she really hasn't been very helpful. And she's just sort of been like, oh, here's some information I'm going to tell you, but by the way, it's vital that you don't tell the doctor. It's like, but you haven't told me the information yet. You just told me not to tell him that I saw you. Like, that's not helpful in any well, way. Well, she also said, you're going to have to kill someone. Fun fact. Also, don't tell the doctor you saw me. Bye. That's what that was. Kill someone. Bye. So Don't tell the doctor. So the big question is, who is she? And... What is her role? In you see, this is probably the first two-parter or first part of a two-parter I've ever watched that, like, I really don't care to see the second part. I was like, whoa, Time Lords. Yeah. But then I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I remember I don't like the Time Lords, so I could just skip the next episode. That's how I feel. Okay. The show is about a Time Lord. I know. And then you remember Time Lords suck. Interesting enough, this is ne- next week will be the last David Tennant story that we have to actually... Um, Rate. Although, say what? Actually, let me take that back. What there a spoiler! Are two, I didn't know that was his last episode. We there didn't are say two, it was last episode. Was there the are last one we haven't rated. Well, right. Oh, okay. There are two. There are two. Um, two other episodes that we have to do too. There are two. There are two. So, so it's not the last one to rate. <laughs> I'm gonna. But it's any it's the last one the last before that. There are just two more for us to do. <laughs> and I think that is worth commemorating as well. <laughs> Hopefully, we don't just do two more, and that's the end of it. Anyways, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Good night and goodbye. <laughs> Have a good night, y'all. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.